Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire Markets. I'm Ali Selby and today in the spirit of Halloween we've got a little bit of a spooky special for you. We're going to learn how investors like you can chase away the portfolio scaries as well as some of the stocks that have come back to haunt fund managers this year. Of course it wouldn't be an episode of buy hold sell without a stock idea so we're also going to be learning about two ghost busting stocks for the year ahead. Today, we're joined by Dr. Don Hansen from Plato Investment Management and Al McLeod from Wheelhouse Partners. Thanks so much for joining me, Jensen, for sitting through that very long intro today. First up, it's obviously been a really difficult, if not scary, year for markets. Don, I'd love to know what's the biggest change you've made to your portfolio this year? Uh, well, we started the year probably pretty light on coal, but we love them now. So we've actually moved overweight energy stocks in general, because clearly they're beneficiary from, from Ukraine and the war. Um, but in fact, there's been a shortage of oil even before that war. So that's been a, a big move in our portfolios. How about you, Al? What major change have you made this year? Yeah, I mean, it seems like everything's falling, whether it's bond markets or equities. But the one thing that has been going up is market volatility. And mm. both of our strategies you know, can use that dynamic to generate additional income. So yeah, the underlying portfolio has remained the same, but definitely the income generation and the return from income has certainly increased during that period. Okay, we here at Livewire love to admit when we get it wrong. Is there a stock that's come back to haunt you over the past 12 months? Oh, yeah. Um, probably more in our global fund this year. We, you know, we really look for quality businesses and you think, you know, we found a semiconductor business called ASML that manufacture really high-end semiconductor equipment. And you think, you know, in the investment case, you know, in, their, in where they operate, you know, they've got a 95% market share. They really, you know, what can go wrong? But Sometimes with these businesses, litigation or legislation can really impair them. And this year with the US deciding that they weren't going to allow semiconductor imports into China, um, it was one of the reasons we really which counted against that stock. And you know, you've sort of got to learn to manage that with position sizing and, and, and ride it through. And that's where we are with that one. Have you sold out of that position? No, we reduced the position size um, from, from two to one, so still quite small. But yeah, you really try to minimise that um, idiosyncratic risk within the, within by position sizing, and that's what we've done with ASML. Okay, over to you, Don. I know this one was hard for you. What's a position <laughs> that's haunted you this year? Well, here's one that's only just recently happened, and it's uh, Medibank Private. <coughs> Obviously, been in a trading halt with uh, the data issues and leakages. Also, saw the same thing at Optus, and uh, you know we thought we had it there for going for all the right reasons, etc. Uh, and it doesn't, and I think that just goes to show that you can do all the analysis under the sun, but then suddenly if you have a data leak like this, that's not something you would expect. You would expect they probably have insurance, etc. but, you know, they, they come out and get that big hit. So uh, I think that's why you need to be cautious and you need to have diversification. It is a friend and not put all your eggs in one basket, but spread it around. 
What's the plan with Medibank then? Are you going to sell down that position or what are you going to do? Uh, we're reassessing given it has come off a long way and the immediate costs don't look that high. So we think the market probably has overreacted, but clearly it's going to be bad for sentiment going forward. Okay, I want one piece of advice for investors. Obviously, a lot of people have suffered from falling positions in their portfolios this year. What would you recommend they do? Well, first thing is, I'd say it actually hasn't been all that scary. The market's only fallen. Maybe for you. Yeah. For me, it's been very scary. Well, <laughs> it depends sort of growth. You know, if you're in growth stocks, it's been very scary. If you've been in stocks with good fundamentals and paying good, strong dividends, they actually haven't fallen that, that far. In fact, our fund to the end of September, year to the end of September, it only fell 1.6%. When you add in dividends and you add in franking credits, because we, we do for retirees, I think a lot of people just look at the, you know, the price moves, and yes, the market's down over 10%, but... You get dividends and you get franking credits and that's, that's made it. But what's the one advice? It's very hard to time markets. And, you know, after they've fallen, it's probably not the right time to, to sell. And, you know, there's an old saying, it's time in the market versus timing the market. Extremely hard to time the market. Uh, and what's going to be the signal for you to get back in? And that, you know, you might get out, but then markets will, will rally very significantly once they think things are better and interest rates have stopped rising. So I think you're better off with the time in the market rather than trying to time it. Okay, over to you, Al. Is there a piece of advice that you'd have for readers right now? Yeah, I mean, I agree with Don exactly what you're saying. I mean, I think, you know, when you, people who are feeling pain, trying to understand, you know, from a behavioural finance perspective, why does it feel so much more painful when markets are down versus mm -hmm. an equivalent move up? Now, there's a lot of excellent books about which describe, you know, the, the physiological and the psychological feelings that you go through. They're, you know, as professional investors, you sort of deal with that. But I think, you know, if, if you're an investor and you're feeling like that, trying to understand why you feel like that so you can try and stick to your financial plan, which, you know, ideally was, was crafted well and designed for the long term. And, you know, you want to be invested in equities. It's one of the longest, the highest returning unleffered asset classes, but it will be volatile and there will be ups and downs along the way. As you mentioned there, it has been super volatile this year. Are there any sectors or types of stocks that you think can really keep investors' portfolios afloat during this period? Yeah, look, I think if you look at the drawdown so far, um, and uh, you know, probably offshore it's been more acute than here, but it's really been a derating market, you know, with higher interest rates. You know, it's really been a compression in that multiple which has been driving the market lower um, to date. But I think from this point onwards, as we move more into an earnings downgrade cycle, quality businesses that have much more stable earnings, um, you know, it should be you know, much better place to weather an earnings downgrade cycle than they have been year to date. I mean, year to date quality has underperformed a little bit, but if you look back through cycles, you know, when typically when industrial production goes below 50 and we move into a contraction market, you know, those, that stable margins, those good balance sheets, that, that flight to quality does happen. And I think if, you know, if we do move into a second leg down, then quality businesses are really, will be much better positioned going forward. Over to you, Don. Al's backing quality. Is there a sector or types of stocks that you think can outperform right now? Well, I mentioned at the start that we like the energy stocks and coal stocks in particular. So, you know, we think there's some good money to be made there. Now, clearly, it's good money being made out of a bad circumstance, but I, mean, I can't see this Russian crisis being solved immediately. Uh, Australia is well placed with their gas producers and coal producers, and so. And there's been a lack of investment into that sector for many years. So I see the, the short to medium term outlook for that sector to be very strong. Okay, I'm really excited for this. This is the last bit of the show. I was hoping you could bring along a stock that could help investors fight the portfolio scaries over the next few months. What have you brought for us? Well, it has to be a coal stock for those people who can invest in coal, which is Whitehaven. If you, there are certainly investors who don't want to invest in, in, in those dirty stocks, if you like, in which case I'd say computer share, because it benefits from rising interest rates. 
but you know, if you're not concerned about uh, energy and emissions, then coal stocks look really good and Whitehaven's at the top of the pops for us. Okay, over to you, Al. What's your ghost-busting stock for the year ahead? Yeah, I mean, I think the scariest stock on the ASX is probably Invocare because their business is funerals. And, you know, the, 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 the death rate is growth for these guys. So, you know, if you look back the last two years since COVID, the mortality rate really fell because people weren't getting out and about because the flu season was very mild. But unfortunately, like death and taxes, you know, the law of averages catches up. So we did have quite a bad flu season this year. But, and again, looking forward, that average mortality rate or death rate, you know, euphemistically for a business like Invocare is actually good for revenue growth. So I think for a business that if we do go into an economic slowdown um, or an economic contraction, their drivers are quite different to the rest of the market from an economic perspective. And you've got that, I guess, secular structural tailwind of the mortality rate to really support it through that. Well that's definitely an interesting idea. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.